try to look up. I thought it was Darth Vader who was was chiming in. I'd love to know the story behind that one. What was it? It did sound like Darth Vader. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to tell drew to use the force to get the ball farther than 25 yards down the field <laughs> you're funny you're a real funny guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i don't know i, I just wonder whether it was sean payton messing with him. that was my first thought sean payton's messing with him in some way <laughs> yeah right well he would be the kind of coach that might do that every now and then keep guys loose whatever but yeah but i i don't know i, I couldn't understand what was even being asked there it was too muffled uh, but it was like one of those slow motion voices like that. And uh, it was hard to understand. <laughs> that, that wasn't bad in comparison to your other efforts to to mimic the, the sounds of people yes. and things. That, that actually was pretty good. Thank it you. didn't really sound like you impersonating Phil doing that impersonation. So anytime it, it sounds good. that way, okay, it's, good. Uh, it's good. not a bad thing. Um, yeah, It's funny. We're going to talk about quarterback injuries, but. When Drew Brees came back for that first game in late December against the Chiefs and it looked like he wasn't right, that that went away quickly. He did continue to heal on the fly. We didn't have those same concerns on Christmas Day against the Vikings, although no. you or I could have played quarterback that day with Alvin Kamara scoring six touchdowns. And then, you know, when they dismantled the Panthers on Sunday, 33-7, to by all indications, however many broken ribs there were, they're healed, and Drew Brees is fine going into the postseason. Uh, yes, seems fine. And honestly, you know, since that Kansas City game, I've been a little like – I've liked what I've seen from Drew Brees. I feel like there's been a little bit more of a concerted effort as a football team to not necessarily like throw bombs and everything, but but push the ball down the field. You know, they had the game, the game against the Vikings on Christmas Day. To me – one of the most impressive stat lines I've seen from Drew Brees in a long, long time. A long time. You know, I, I, I don't sit here and look at, oh, 35 for 40 for 280 yards and, you know, two touchdowns as a, as a great thing. Uh, you know, okay, yeah, I know there's great completion percentage and it's decent yardage, but I think like 19 for 26 for 311 yards. And I know he threw two interceptions, but they were a far more dangerous offense that day because you had to worry about defending the whole field. And Drew Brees, when he was dropping back the pass, instead of looking for four-yard gains, was looking for 15 and 20-yard completions. And then that helped Kamara start gashing them in the run game because Minnesota was like, whoa, they're coming after us today. It's not the dink and dunk offense. And if they can continue that and Drew can continue that, I think they are more dangerous with that approach than they are of, hey, we're going to go 12 plays and 70 yards every drive of the playoffs against the best defenses in football. To me, that's the problem with the Saints. That's why they have lost in the playoffs. you got to have some plays, playmakers, explosive plays. You can't always have the pressure on Breeze and Sean Payton to execute these perfect drives, drive after drive after drive after drive. For three games in a row in the playoffs against the best defenses, not realistic. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been very pleased and pleasantly surprised is what I'm saying with Drew Brees here as of late. 
And there's been so many weeks where he's been the question mark. He's not this yeah. week. The question mark is Alvin Kamara returning from the COVID-19 reserve list on Sunday without practicing. How effective will he be? Michael Thomas, star receiver, practicing yesterday after a stint on injured reserve due to an ankle that still wouldn't heal from the injury suffered way back in week one. Taysom Hill, limited in practice with a concussion. So a lot of questions around Breeze. No questions about Breeze. And in what will likely be his last shot at getting to a second Super Bowl and winning a second Super Bowl, he's going to be more motivated than ever. He is a high-end competitor. We talked about competitive drive last week with Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees is as competitive as anyone about everything. This is it for him. If we believe the things that Sean Payton periodically has said this year, this is it for Drew Brees. And... Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it won't be. Maybe they get close. Maybe, maybe he decides. Remember, he told us at the Super Bowl that it was actually the 2017 season that had him thinking the most about retirement because right. they had had struggled for so many years before that. If they hadn't had a strong season in 2017, he may have walked away. But I think this, this ability to get close three straight years, and now here they are for four straight years. If they don't finish the job this year, will that be a factor in him saying, I'm going to come back and give it a try for one more year? Because we know they all want to be able to walk off into the sunset with a Super Bowl trophy under their arm. Yeah, well, I, I know. You're right. And, you know, that's 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 a rare thing. That's a very rare thing. We've, you know, am I wrong? We've only seen two quarterbacks in the history of the sport do that, right? And they both played for the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning and John Elway. I don't think anybody else has walked off in that fashion. But, you know, it's it's a good question, Mike. You know, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's out of here, right? But if he lost the Super Bowl in a close football game or, again, lost the NFC Championship in a close football game, I would think that makes him, yeah, think extra hard about, do I give it one more crack? Yeah, I'm not as good as I was and all that, but I can still win games playing quarterback and doing that. Uh, I think that's a, a real, real possibility. There's no doubt. I, I also wonder, do the Saints, though, really want that? I think that's a fair question to ask right. on top of that. Right. right. I agree. I don't think they do. I think they're ready to move on. I think so, and too. I think from Drew Brees' perspective, the more you stack up these close-but-no-cigar playoff runs, the more tormenting it will be for you for the rest of your life after football, especially if you believe you still could have done it. The thing your dad said that inspired Brett Favre to keep playing. Right. That he decided at some point he was going to play until they ripped the uniform off of me. And Favre decided, I'm not leaving any years in the tank. And if Drew Brees leaves a year or two in the tank and he's got to live with that for the rest of his life, that may be something he doesn't want to do. That's right. Maybe he needs the Saints to tell him, no, thank you, before he will walk away. Because if they would say, come on back, and he doesn't, and they haven't delivered that second Super Bowl win, that may be something that he just can't get proper closure on his career with, Chris. Yeah, I mean, very real. Very real possibility. But I would say to any player, you know, play as long as you can. Make them push you out the door. Make them, you know, like you just said, rip rip the uniform off you and say it's over, it's done. Uh, you know, my, The quote my dad, the, the big effort that Brett Favre heard, he heard my father on the radio and just they were going, well, what would you tell Brett Favre? And, you know, Big Phil just went, 
well, uh, you know, I'd tell them there's only there's only so many rounds of golf you can play. You know, I mean, what what else are you gonna do? You know, so that dad <laughs> dad had their jersey ripped off of him. You know, he did. He played 15 years. He got elected to the Pro Bowls last year, but he was one of the first salary cap casualties in the history of the NFL. He almost came back with some other teams, but he's the perfect person to listen to in that kind of scenario. And I think that's good advice for Drew Brees. If you could still do it, go after it. But uh, that that's going to be a question he'll have to evaluate after the year where his body feels, how his body feels and everything like that. One of the great unintended consequences of free agency, they create a salary cap system so that in order to give guys the ability to play for other teams when they want to, it took away the ability of many players to continue to stay with the team that yeah. they wanted to play for. Right. Alex Smith wants to play very badly for the Washington football team on Saturday night. That's an NBC game. The Buccaneers coming to town. Good news for WFT. Alex Smith was limited in practice on Wednesday with a calf injury, an injury that kept him from practicing Tuesday and that caused Ron Rivera to suggest maybe a quarterback rotation. Limited in practice also, we're running back Antonio Gibson with turf toe and receiver Terry McLaurin with the ankle problem that had him in a walking boot just a week and a half ago. So the pieces may be falling together for Washington. Not that it will matter, according to the odds makers, who still have the Buccaneers as eight-point favorites. But look, you know, we've seen it. Anything can happen. No Anything doubt. Anything can happen. Right. Things happen. Right. Stuff happens. And if they can get consistent pressure on Tom Brady and turn – turnovers and mistakes and screw-ups into points maybe it'll be close in the fourth quarter and uh, you can't you just can't roll out anything you can't you right can't. we would have never no matter how good you think a team is you can't exactly I mean we would never in a million years thought the Jets were going to go to LA and dominate the Rams we never would have thought Washington was going to go to Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers that night they did so you're exactly right and, uh, you know, again, part of playing Washington and Tom Brady and all that is, 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 yes, avoid disaster from that front four. You have to almost be a little conservative that way because they, they can win the game. But those injuries, you know, McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, man, they're big. They're the two best offensive players on that football team. McLaurin's a game changer. Now, he doesn't have a quarterback necessarily that can take advantage of his speed and what he can do, but he still is going to scare the hell out of a defense. And Antonio Gibson – Phenomenal, but man, he to me on Sunday night looked nowhere near a hundred percent. Nowhere he turf toe for a running back, man, forget it. Like that is a brutal, brutal injury for those guys, and it looked like he was running on one leg. So that that's gonna be you know something to look out for. And then hey, for WFT, you know hey WTF with the Alex Smith situation? Okay, okay, <laughs> like come on. I, we, we can't throw him out there and don't do that. What we just saw last week, that was, you know, that was survival. That wasn't really playing quarterback. That was survival. That was like, let me find the first guy that's remotely open and throw it. I'm not going to wait for anything else. I'm not going to get hit. I can't run and move. If we're talking about rotating quarterbacks, then just start Taylor Heineke. That's all there is to it. You're answering the question right there. I mean, if you're talking about rotating, you're telling yourself, listen to it. You're saying one guy's not healthy enough to play. I know we're trying to pay him respect because he's the comeback player of the year and all the things he's done, but it, to me, makes no sense to play him if he looks the way he did last week. Yeah, that's going to be a real challenge for Washington because he's clearly the better option. He's got great playoff experience. Right. He's been around for so long. 
and he puts you in a better position to win. And it, it gets back to the analysis we've had with other quarterbacks. What percentage below 100 are you willing to tolerate having your starter be? That's right. Versus the 100% backup in Taylor Heineke in this case. And I, 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 but you're right. If he can't play the whole game, that tells you maybe it should just be Heineke and you should just come up with the best offensive game exactly. plan you can, unless they're hoping to stress Todd Bowles' defense to be ready for both guys. Things like that don't work very often, and I don't think it'll work for Washington. I think anything other than Alex Smith all game long is going to make it very hard for Washington to overcome the Buccaneers. The Seahawks trying to overcome the Los Angeles Rams. That's the middle game on Saturday, and the Seahawks beat the Rams a couple of weeks ago, but the Rams have done very well against Seattle in recent years, and one of the things Pete Carroll, the Seattle coach, is trying to do is keep the cards close to the vest about the availability of safety Jamal Adams. Adams apparently didn't get the memo. Here he is yesterday <laughs> addressing the question of whether or not he will be playing with an injured shoulder on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> no question in my mind. I'm playing, man. Yeah, hey, look, as long as these legs are moving, man, um, as long as, you know, my faith is with the man upstairs, which is very strong, I'm going to be out there. So there's, there's, there was never no doubt in my mind that I wasn't playing. So let's get that out there. I'm, I'm full go. Well, and if they win, hopefully he'll light the right end of the cigar when he celebrates after the victory. <laughs> after the last win over the Rams, lighting the wrong end of the cigar, or at least trying to. He's got a hand injury also. It's the shoulder that's the problem. Jerron Reed, defensive tackle, has an oblique injury. And Chris Carson, foot injury, all returned to practice on Wednesday for the Seahawks. So that's good news as they get ready on a short week, one day less. That's a thing. All these teams played Sunday. They got to turn around and play Saturday for these three playoff games, Chris. And they need Jamal Adams. Oh, Even with, with John Wolford, possibly likely whatever at quarterback, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, they need Jamal Adams. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, first off, this is why you get Jamal Adams, just like what you see in the – I mean, he's going. It doesn't matter. I mean, oh, hey, my shoulder's hanging by, you know, a ligament. No big deal. I'm playing. That's the kind of guy he is. It is. He is so crazy and reckless on the football field, Mike, that when I watch him uh, on film, I just sometimes go, man – uh, he might have to dial it back a little bit because his career might not la last as long. He's so unbelievably all over the place and has no regard for his body. Yeah, they need him. The energy he brings to that defense and this specific team, Mike, he's even more important with the Rams and what they do, right? The speed sweeps, the inside zone, the bootlegs. He's the guy there on the edge of the defense a lot of the times to run down the speed sweep. Oh, here comes the bootleg out the backside. Oh, wait, I got the guy in the flat. I got to cover the crosser. Let alone he is their greatest talent on their, on their defense and the guy that they can put in the most awkward positions. You know, you, you they disguise through Jamal Adams. You go, oh, well, you know, wait, they're, they're not going to bring this blitz and blitz this guy and leave Jamal Adams on this receiver one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, wait, they will because that's right. He's, he's so talented he can play cover corner. He can blitz. He can play linebacker. So, yes, they do need him. And Jerron Reed's a big deal too uh, because you got to – that Rams offense, and even though it's not sexy and fun, it's effective, that little combination McVay, and, McVay has with Goff or, or Wolford. It was just 11 days ago that Rams quarterback Jared Goff suffered a dislocated thumb that he popped back into place and kept going. He had surgery the next day. There were screws in the thumb. They're not ruling out the possibility of Goff being able to play in that game. Here is Sean McVay, coach of the Rams, on Goff's ability to practice and potentially ability to play. 
he went through what a normal practice would entail, ball handling, throwing some routes on air, getting a little bit of work off to the side when the defense was going and got some stuff in, uh, you know, with our offensive guys. So he got what a, what a normal practice would entail. So he's practicing. And of course, they, look, they're not going to telegraph to the world what, what is going to happen with Jared Goff. They, they want the Seahawks to be guessing. Is it going to be Goff? Is it going to be Wolford? It doesn't, I don't know how it doesn't really it matter because the offense is right. fairly basic. It's not like all of a sudden they're going to have some guy out there that can do all sorts of special things at the quarterback position, like a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But you know, yeah. And Chris, the, the, here's the problem for the Rams. If they win this game with John Wolford, a quarterback, no doubt that gives life to this argument that they shouldn't have given Jared Goff 33 and a half million a year. No doubt. I, I mean, I think that's why Jared Goff is going to play at all, at all, you know, exhaust all avenues to get out there. Cause he's going to be aware of that narrative. And I, you know, honestly, I, I what I want to see is is the, are the Rams going to sacrifice maybe losing the game just to not let that narrative become a real thing too? Are they going to just throw him out there, even though they go, eh, I don't know if this is really going to work, but we don't want to have to answer those questions? That is going to be very interesting to watch. Mike, you said it. The offense didn't change one bit last week. It, there's nothing that changes. Maybe a few things at the line of scrimmage like we talked about with tempo and like, yeah, I don't want to do this with my young quarterback who hasn't played a lot. But the plays themselves were the same plays you always see. And, you know, the thing that I would think like the Rams got to be a little concerned about is watching the game from two weeks ago against the Seattle Seahawks with Jared Goff with the bad thumb. Jared Goff is not a real great thrower of the football when his thumb is normal. And it's not it goes way bad when it's when it when it's not normal. He played horrible in their last game against the Seattle Seahawks there in week 16. I mean, horrible. It was a pitiful performance. And that's got to be in their mind a little bit to go, wait, he wasn't good before he was injured, and then he got injured, and it looked even a lot worse. And are we really going to do that as a football team? I, that, that is going to be worth you know the price of watching here this, this week to see how that unfolds. Running back Cam Akers with an ankle injury was a full participant in practice. That's good news for the Rams and even better news. Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle and one of their offensive captains, plans to start on Saturday. He's been wow. out since week 10 with a torn MCL in his knee. He's back. He's ready to go. Not that the offensive line was horrible without him, but that that's good. You get a guy like that who's got playoff experience back in the fold. It gives you a little bit of a lift. It gives you a little bit of boost, and you got somebody there who can maybe help give a little more protection to John Wolford if he ends up playing quarterback at all. Because, you know, the possibility is Goff goes or tries to go and can't. And at some point, Wolford has to come in. Yeah, uh, you're, you're exactly right. And you know, Whitworth, yes, is, you know, he's a guy, again, he's a left tackle that you can just put him somewhere and go, all right, we don't have to worry about him. We don't have to worry about anything. You know, we don't have to help him or do anything like that. And, hey, we've said it. The Seahawks defense, this is not the same defense we saw in the first half of the year. They're really damn good. You know, they're good up front. They give you a lot of different looks and things like that to where they're, they're going to have to rely on the run game and have guys like Whitworth just be physically dominant at times if they want to move the football against what the Seahawks are doing right now. So, you know, he's amazing. You know, as, as amazing as it is that Tom Brady's playing at the level he is at 43, you know, Whitworth is is what? Is he 38, 39? To be doing that at left tackle 
is every bit as impressive as what Brady's doing at 43. I mean, to be able to play at that level and still do what he does is mind-boggling. Uh, so uh, that's cool for him. Glad to see him out there. Yeah, and look, just like with Drew Brees, this could be it for Andrew Whitworth. And there was some commentary yesterday from Aaron Donald. They have a high degree of confidence. And you don't hear talk like that from Aaron Donald. He's very confident that they have all the pieces of the puzzle in place to basically finish the job they started two years ago when they got to the Super Bowl and lost it. And 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 there was a point this season where you know, the Rams are the best team in the NFC. I mean, he's gone, sure. eh, is it the Saints? Eh, is it the Packers? Eh, is it the Buccaneers? Is it the Seahawks? Is it the Rams? The, the, these NFC playoffs should be awesome. Yes. And on Saturday, in that middle game, we will see two teams playing both of whom are good enough yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. They are. And one is going to get kicked to the curb. You're right. That, that's what's amazing. That's what the best thing is when we get the best teams in the playoffs. And, you know, you made the point yesterday. I know we got the NFC East. They ruined a little of that story. But I think other than that, we did get the best teams in the playoffs, which are going to lead to great watches. And you're right. Even though we got questions about both of these teams right now, Rams or Seahawks, you know, we still know there are tough, battle-tested teams who have played a lot of close, meaningful playoff, playoff-type games to where we've seen them win too many to just think, oh, they're not as good as the Bucks this year, so they can't beat them, or the Packers, or anything like that. No way. No way. Not with Sean McVay, you know, and what they do on the offensive side of the ball. And really, the big thing is their defense is special. It's special scheme, and they have special players who can make plays to help them win football games just on that side of the ball. So I, I mean, I'm with you, Mike. That's that's secretly a really fun game that I think gets lost in the shuffle a little bit this weekend because it's the third time we're seeing it this year. And think about this. If Tampa Bay beats Washington, as it should, and if the Saints beat the Bears, as they should, it will be either Seahawks at Saints or Rams at at Packers in the divisional round. And either one of those games, that's enough to keep the head coach of the home team up late. No doubt. And up all night, every night of the week in advance of that game. All right, right we need to take a break. We're going to do a little What's More Likely Super Wild Card Weekend Edition when PFT Live continues right after. What's More Likely? Sunday night, it will be Browns at Steelers on NBC and on Peacock. And after the game on Peacock, Michael Hawley and Michael Smith with a playoff special edition of Brother from Another immediately after conclusion of Browns, Steelers. So check it out on Peacock. And if you're watching now, you already have Peacock. So why go anywhere else? We got everything you need from the office to comprehensive sports coverage to an NFL playoff game on Peacock on Sunday night. All right, let's do a little what's more likely. Super wild card weekend edition, Chris. Oh, baby. The first game. Super wild card, Eastern baby. On Saturday. I, you haven't made fun of that this week or anything. I'm surprised. I, that seems to be like that would be in your wheelhouse to make fun of that. <laughs> okay, fine. No comment. Let's move on. <laughs> Colts at Bills to start the weekend. <laughs> Philip Rivers uh, has no interceptions, or Josh Allen has three or more total touchdowns. What's more likely? Oh well, I you know this this one's one of the e more easier ones that Pete Dimmel, a little, a little lightest, has ever put in here. 
I'm definitely going with Josh Allen, three plus total TDs. I mean, I would never bet in anything to say Phillip Rivers is going to throw zero interceptions, especially a playoff game where things are going to be tight. So, no, Allen is on fire. I could easily see him have two touchdowns, throwing, two running, whatever combination you want to get. And, yeah, I don't totally trust Phillip Rivers that way. So I'm going with Allen three-plus total TDs. I'm still intrigued, and we'll be talking about this, and we'll be making our official selections later today for the Joint Megapix podcast, PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Will the Colts be able to crack some sort of a code, keep Josh Allen on the sideline drinking game? I hear you. Use Jonathan Taylor right. to slow the game down. Take the full 40 seconds. Phillip Rivers, savvy veteran, safe throws, not taking any chances, not making that stupid mistake in what could be his last career game. Right. A lot of potential last career games coming up this weekend, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, or Andrew Whitworth. But I still think Josh Allen – will will do Josh Allen things with 6,700 fans present. It's his opportunity to connect with Buffalo fans for the first time this year in a game setting at home. It's all been pointing to this. And remember last year when we talked about the Bills unleashing Josh Allen as a runner in the playoffs, and they did. I'm still eating bits of that acorn that the blind squirrel found last year. Expect it again. Josh Allen unleashed. You don't have to do it this year because as a passer, he's a hell of a lot more potent. Yeah, right. But if the opportunity is there to take off, he's going to take off because he's big and he's fast and he's strong and you don't want to get in his way. No, no, no doubt about it. It's it's an, you know, a, a joker card they got there with his ability to do that stuff. They will run Lamar Jackson type of game plan runs every now and then. And you're right, in every big game, and especially last year early in the playoffs where you were 100% right, you called it, they used him in a lot of different ways. Remember he had a huge long run down the right sideline? They had the quarterback throwback trick play where he caught a pass for a touchdown. So, And we've seen Buffalo this year really become second to New England and the team that will run the most trick plays in the game. They're not afraid to do it. They don't give a damn if they're, hey, we're executing great. We've got another play you got to worry about. Here you go, trick play, you're screwed. So uh, that, that's why they're fun to watch. And, and your aspect about the Colts and their ability to run the ball lately behind that O-line and that running back, I think is a very fair question. Very good question, Mike. I, I'll, I'm going to be interested to see maybe if they take that approach. Another angle to keep an eye on. There's an increasing sense that Brian Dayball, the Buffalo offensive coordinator, is going to get the job in Houston, and that could make this Bills team feel even more compelled to finish the job the right way. Next year, things could be very different offensively. Definitely. Let's see it through to the end because Dayball is likely going to be rewarded. Not likely. I don't know what the word properly is. Quite possibly will be rewarded. Seems that way. He's done this year by becoming the head coach of the Houston Texans. Rams at Seahawks. What's more likely? Russell Wilson has two or more passing touchdowns or two or more interceptions, Chris? Wow. I mean, you know, I, I don't see him having some huge day of like two, three, four touchdown passes, not against this Rams defense. But I'm going to go with the two-plus passing touchdowns if I have to pick either one. Russell Wilson really ever since that first Rams game where they lost 23-16 to in L.A. and they lost the game because he threw two interceptions and I believe fumbled once too, he has been ultra, ultra conservative with the football ever since then. 
to a point, Mike, where you know I, he was he's he was scarred by that game, is what I'm saying. Even like when I watch back Rams Seahawks Week 16, there was a few plays and throws in the game where I go, cut it loose, throw it. He's open, like throw it. But I think he was going. He just didn't quite like it. And if he's not a hundred percent sure, then he's going to take the conservative approach. That's what he's going to do right now. I think he realizes the way the defense is playing and all that. So I'm going to go with the two plus pass TDs. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with you. But Aaron, between Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, I know what Jalen Ramsey's been able to do to DK Metcalf. Uh, mm, uh, I'll reluctantly agree, but I I I don't feel real good about yeah. it because I think it could be more likely that he throws a couple of interceptions, even if he throws them early and then later overcomes it, right? We which we've seen him do in the playoffs in the past. Definitely. Buccaneers at Washington Saturday night. What's more likely? Tom Brady has three or more passing touchdowns, or Chase Young has two or more sacks. Ooh, I, I, this is one where I look at it and both could happen very easily. That that's for sure. I'm going to go with Brady in the three plus. Chase, Chase Young, Chase Young doesn't have a multiple sack game all year though. That's that's an you know kind of interesting. You know you don't I don't picture it that way because you know again that's where stats are a little different because it just he he's F, he f's the play up a whole lot and damn when you watch a game you just go gosh is he is he living and camping next to the quarterback so that that is an amazing stat uh, but I still even with that I'm going to go with Brady of the three plus pass TDs you know, I, I I just. They have such a big, powerful offensive line. They pass protect really well. They go out of their way to keep extra guys in, like we've talked about a lot, Mike, where they'll keep six men in to block four guys. They don't care. So now Brady feels comfortable, and he's going to dice you up. And the way he's throwing and that offense is going, I'm going with Brady. The back and forth between Chase Young and Tom Brady is fascinating. It is cool. Chase Young tried to back off yesterday. And Tom Brady, he's a great young player. Look, Tom Brady's not going to say anything until it's time to get on the field. And then he's going to say everything. And if he throws a touchdown pass or if he eludes Chase Young to emerge and throw a key first down, you're going to see Tom Brady letting Chase Young hear about it because we know that's how Tom Brady is. Chase Young, by the way, both the NFC Defensive Player of the Month and the NFL's Defensive Rookie of the Month. And it's just a matter of time before he's the NFL's Defensive Rookie of the Year. So congratulations yeah. to him. I love I his attitude, though. Three or yeah. What? I just love his attitude. Chase? I like that, that. Yeah, he's a little bit more vocal in your face. Hey, defensive players, you're not here to make friends and give you know offensive players you know bouquets of flowers and things. Intimidation and all that is part of the game, and that's where you know I, I like that aspect of him where he kind of welcomes it all. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I really enjoyed sitting with him and talking to him at the scouting combine back before the world turned upside down while you while you were unavailable because you were violently ill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, we need to have that video of you making the, the, the exit with the trash can. Uh, we had need to have that on speed dial to, to roll in whenever this comes up. But he, he just gets it. He, he gets it. You know, some of these guys aren't mature. He's got that maturity. He's got that wisdom. He's got that business sense. He gets it. He has confidence ultimately in his abilities. And, you know, look, I don't know that there's enough around him to make a difference against Tampa Bay, but this is a great, great development for a Washington franchise that will have Chase Young creating havoc like this for years to come. Ravens-Titans, that is the first game on Sunday. What's more likely? Baltimore has 200 or more rushing yards, or Derrick Henry has 150 or more rushing yards on his own. Wow. Man, 
That is that's another good one, man. Pete's on fire today. These are tough ones. I, I I'm gonna go with Baltimore has 200 plus rushing yards. If I have to pick one or the other, I am. You know, first time they played, I know Derrick Henry had 133 yards. You know, you know, came in like it wasn't like a consistent crushing. It was a little bit like man, run for nothing, run for nothing, run for nothing rip off a run for 15, and then we had the 30-yard run in overtime, right, and all those things. Let's not forget they had the Baltimore Ravens had no Calais Campbell and no Brandon Williams in that football game either, and I just got to think the Ravens got to go all out to stop that aspect, or they have no chance, because if he starts running, then it's going to be A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, play action passes, bombs away, all of that, so uh, I'm going to take Baltimore with the 200-plus rushing yards, even though I don't feel necessarily cra crazy good about that either. Baltimore's had 200 more rushing yards in four of their last five games. They had only 129 against mm. Tennessee in that Week 11 loss. Last year in the playoffs, Derrick Henry had 195 against the Ravens, and 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 he didn't do the stiff arm to Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas didn't give him the chance to do so. Earl Thomas turned and ran away from Derrick Henry, or he would have been top 10 on safety that in chain football. Of uh, yes, uh, and available to anyone who needs to sign him for the playoffs. He's available, if you haven't heard. He's been available all year. Top 10 safety in football, still available to be signed by anyone who's looking for help. It's amazing that none of these playoff teams have pounced on a top 10 safety in football. Uh, next up, Bears and Saints. What's more likely, Khalil Mack has two or more sacks of Drew Brees or Drew Brees has three or more passing touchdowns, Chris? Wow, uh, Drew Brees having three or more touch, you know, passing touchdowns. I, I think you know, I, I could see them slowly carving up this Chicago defense. It's going to be interesting. You know, I, I do think it's you know the start of the game could be something here with, with Chuck Pagano, Sean Payton, to see just does he have a good feel? Is it going to be one of those days where – you know, like we saw the Rams and the Vikings do. We knew in those games against the Saints early on, we were like, "Woo, they're making life hard on this. Doesn't look like the same old Saints. And I think we always kind of have a feel sometimes with them, like pretty early where you can go, "Ooh, this is one of the days where it's going to be tough. And then sometimes you see days where you just go, oh, they got it. They, you know, Peyton's cracked the code. Drew feels good. Everything's good all there. But I'm, I'm going to go with Drew, definitely. Khalil Mack, still really awesome football player but not as dominant, a little bit more underwhelming than you know I would like uh, as the superstar player he's supposed to be. Back in week eight, when the Bears and the Saints played in Chicago, Breeze had two touchdowns and Mack had one sack of Breeze. The last game of the weekend, Browns at Steelers, NBC and Peacock. What's more likely, Baker Mayfield has two touchdowns slash no interceptions, or Ben Roethlisberger has two touchdowns slash no interceptions. Well, I'll go with Big Ben. I mean, we know they're going to throw the football. You know, it's not a great defense for the Cleveland Browns. You know, the 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 Steelers can't run it in from inside the five yard line, so that's going to lead to touchdown passes and all that. And of course, yes, it is the Pittsburgh defense and all they do, and they create turnovers and interceptions. So if I'm picking one, I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger. Has two TDs, no interceptions. Uh, I, you know, I agree with you. I, I just, I feel like this is such a tough spot for Cleveland. And yes, could they, could they rise past all of this adversity? They could, they could, you can't rule it out. They've been through so much, you know, this is gravy for them. They should have no pressure on them whatsoever going into this game. But uh, I, I think Ben Roethlisberger, yet another guy that, that sees his career possibly ending if they would lose. I think he's going to rise above that one more from 
the Brown Steelers game, defensive side of the ball. What's more likely, Miles Garrett has two or more sacks for the Browns, or TJ Watt has two or more sacks for the Steelers? Ooh, that is a good one. I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. I am. Um, just because I think TJ Watt's got to worry about the run game and everything like that. You know, there's a lot more to worry about on that side of the ball. He does drop into coverage sometimes where Miles Garrett just gets to rush the passer all the time. And just like we just said, you know, Pittsburgh's going to drop back 40-something times to throw the football. And so I would think he gets, you know, a chance at a handful there. Just a, uh, can he get the sack? So if, if I'll pick there, I'll go Miles Garrett. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you as well, especially because there's going to be so much urgency on that defense to to step up. You don't have Kevin Stefanski there to call plays offensively. There's going to be a greater urgency for the defense to make a difference to keep the Browns in the game. Let so me I ask you one question, if you don't mind. Like, what's more likely? Who come? Who is more likely to come back next year out of Rivers, Breeze, and Big Ben? How do you kind of put that pecking order there together? If you if you had to rank it. I'd say Ben is most likely to come back. Mm -hmm. Rivers two, Breeze three. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I I I I I agree with you with Ben, and then the other ones where I'm a little flipped there. I, I because I guess a little bit is depending on how these guys do. I I don't know. I feel like there's somehow that Drew Breeze is going to want to come back, and uh, I'm going to play Drew two, Rivers three. That would be how I look at it, but very close there. But if the Saints don't want Drew Brees, I know. and if he hasn't already gotten that message, maybe they'll make it more obvious to him later, he's not going to go play for someone else. I know. Rivers, here's the question, and, and I didn't think he would find someone who was willing to immediately install him as the starter after the performance we saw last year with the Chargers, frankly. He has to find someone who is willing to say, you're the guy. Here's another $25 million or $23 million or whatever million based upon the reduction in the salary cap due to the pandemic. Here it is for you to continue playing football. And the other side of it is, will there be a network out there that is throwing half that amount, 60% of that amount, who knows, at Phillip Rivers to come be their next top analyst? There's already been some reporting that networks are watching Philip Rivers, and I think he would be great. I agree. I think he'd be great. The, the, his, his manner of speaking. Oh, shucks. Gosh, jolly D. Jarn. How did he do that? That's a, you know, I mean, he would be great. You're right. It's almost like if you can't get Peyton Manning, you get Philip Rivers. And I'm telling you, there's a way with Philip Rivers that it could fall, that he could be better than any of them. He, yeah, we're all, well, where's the next John Madden? In a weird sort of way, with the dad gummits and the gosh darns and his passion for the game. Yeah. And I think he will communicate very well to cause because the best thing about John Madden, I know we gotta take a break. The best thing about John Madden was he didn't communicate about the game in a way that alienated the casual fan no that doesn't doubt. understand the secret That's code right. of football guys. Right. Too many people get in the booth and they want to impress people by showing that they know the secret code of football guys, the double A gap and crossing the face and all of that crap right. that alienates the casual fan. Philip Rivers would never do that. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we drafted yesterday the wildcard quarterbacks we trust. Today we're going to draft the non-quarterbacks that are going to be the most important in the looming super wild card round. We'll be back right after. Super, baby! Uh, Chase is a great young player. He went to Ohio State, so naturally I think the Ohio, Ohio State-Michigan thing wears off on him a little bit. I understand that. 
I, I play ball. I'm, I'm excited to go against the best. You know, the media, that's their job, you know, to stir it up, make it a big story, full game. They needed something. They needed to get something. So they, they chose that. But, you know, if you know me, uh, my team knows me, I'm excited for every game, man. And Tom Brady, you think I'm not going to be excited to play against the GOAT? Then you tripping. And, and that is what it is. I'm excited to play against Big Tom. <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to apologize for saying I want time. No, <laughs> I want Tom Brady. I want every quarterback I play against. I love it. Love it. I think we need. I think we need some Chase Young jerseys. I love Chase Young. By the way, he was born in April of 1999 when Tom Brady was getting ready for his <laughs> senior season at Michigan. He's literally less than half Tom Brady's age, and he is going to be trying to make Tom Brady pay for his decision oh, to play yes, so he long into his lifespan. It's a great way uh, like okay. he has about him. Like I said, it just it's not uh, disrespectful or like me, me, me. It's a like a joy of love of football and competition that just exudes off him. And you you can be vocal like that when you're that way. I don't find that mean or malice or bad or or anything. I, disrespectful. Uh, I think it's really cool actually. No, it's it's uh, Patrick Mahomes is is the same way too. There's a charm to what you say, so you can say things that if others tried to say the exact same words, people would be turned off. Yeah, it's right. just a natural, basic charisma that Chase Young has. And uh, uh, it, it, it's, look, we're not we're not trying to excessively hype Saturday Night's game because it's on NBC. It helps, but that is an a fascinating wrinkle that just kind of popped up, and I love how both guys are having fun with it. All right, we're going to draft now the wild card round, the super wild card round. Most important non-quarterbacks. Chris, you get the first pick if you get this question right. Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft, is making his first career playoff start. Who was the last quarterback drafted number one overall to win his first career playoff start wow okay wow this is um mm. is it this century can i ask that or was it last yes. century yes it is this century damn who am i missing that what i would be thinking of there um i have no should idea I give, should i give him no, should i give him that hint pete don't i'm gonna should I give him a hint don't give me a hint i i, I really don't know this one i'm gonna throw let me give you a hint. Let me go, give you a hint. He's playing this weekend. He's playing this weekend. How dare you? Now you've really flustered me here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Number one pick this weekend, and he's played at quarterback? Hold on. None of these guys. And he won oh, his Baker. first playoff game. Well, wait, so it's not Baker Mayfield. It's not. Well, play the mute. Play the, play go the ahead. horn. Play the go ahead. Who is it? I wish you didn't. Alex Smith. Oh, my Alex gosh. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad. I don't even register him sometimes as a number one pick. I, it's crazy. I know. I mean, I, I don't know. Holy cow. That's the worst one I've the ever number had. number one pick the same year that your hero entered the NFL. I think you have it reprogrammed in your mind that Aaron Rodgers. Well, he should have been the number one pick. Yeah, you're right. It's messed me up. I mean, the 20-something the, the teams messed up. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> All right, first pick. This one's easy. Derrick Henry, final answer. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Look, the, the Titans will only go so far as Derrick Henry will carry them. Although Ryan Tannehill is awesome, Derrick Henry is the sauce on the awesome, and they need him to have a big game if they're going to beat the Ravens as home underdogs, Chris, to Baltimore. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm with you. Exactly right. I look at it that way. He would have been my first pick, too. Uh, it, it's a hard draft just because – 
You know, you, you tend to want to pick the teams, too, that you feel like are the underdog, where you want to go, wait, they have to have a guy that does something extraordinary. And that's where I think I'm going to go with Khalil Mack as my next guy. And I say this because the Bears' defensive line and Khalil Mack have to have an all-world type of performance if they want to win the football game this weekend against the Saints. Really, they're going to probably have to play out of their gourd to even keep the game close, I think, maybe. I'm a little worried about that aspect. But I look at Khalil Mack, all the money he's making – Yes, it hasn't been quite as good as, as you know we would have liked, but it's still damn good, and this is a chance for him to maybe take over in a big situation and justify the money he's made and all those type of things. So uh, I'll say Khalil Mack as my, my first pick. It was a great def defensive performance last year in the Superdome that carried the Vikings over the Saints, so I think you may be onto something there. Aaron Donald, how can you not put Aaron Donald near the top of this list? The Rams defensive tackle with the, as I mentioned earlier, extreme confidence going into this playoff experience and he knows a thing or two about tracking down Russell Wilson after he busts through the line F's up the play and tries to hold down that Seahawks offense so Aaron Donald for me is the clear number two I'm surprised you left Aaron Donald off. I, I I know I, well, I I really I thought of him and and honestly almost Jalen Ramsey right there too to where you know again I guess I went with Khalil Mack because I felt like he had to have that he has to have a big time game for them to win. You know, I don't know. Rams are good enough to where those guys don't have to be awesome big time all the time for them to win. But I trust me, I was there. I was thinking that too. I don't know where the hell I'm going to go here. I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. I'm going with another pass rusher for the same reason I just talked about with Khalil Mack. Pittsburgh's going to throw the football. You know, Cleveland's defense and their secondary not great. So. I just think if Cleveland wants to win the game that they're going to need a Miles Garrett, you know, strip sack or hit Big Ben, the ball pops in the air for an interception, something like that to change the flow of the game or, or, or something along those lines. So I'll go Miles Garrett as my second pick. You know, I would go Chase Young with my next pick, but the thing about Tom Brady is the pressure around the edge isn't what gets him it's the pressure up the middle so unless they're going to flip chase young inside and have him blast between the guard and the center and go straight at tom brady repeatedly he's not going to be a problem for tom brady we see we've seen that tom brady still has that ability he did it one time this year and it looked like a madden glitch where he just kind of shot up in the pocket and made the throw when the pressure comes around the side he can deal with it when it comes up the middle that's when it's a problem so no chase young but I am going T.J. Watt okay. for a couple of reasons. First yeah. of all, he's awesome. And second of all, in that vacant Heinz field where you have to find a way to create your own energy, he's the guy who gets it going for the Steelers. He'll have a, a big play. He'll do the kick. He'll be fired up, and it'll get everyone else fired up. That'll get the offense fired up. I think he's the guy who can help turn around an early game funk if the Steelers just are a little flat because they're not running out of the tunnel with 60,000 people waving terrible towels. No, it's, it's going to be weird with that, the playoff weekend, to not have that energy there. That, that is something to watch for and who can kind of, you know, like to your point, replicate the energy and everything like that. Man, I don't know where I want to go here. I really don't. I mean, DeForest Buckner, Jonathan Taylor, Jalen Ramsey, DK Metcalf, holy cow. I, I, oof. I Okay, I'm going to go with DeForest Buckner. I don't care that I picked already two defensive linemen. You just talked about it. I'm going to – the Colts, same type of thing. You know, I do think their defensive line is going to have to be special to a degree. 
if they want to stay close, win the game, do those things. And if Forrest Buckner can, to what you were just talking about, busting up the middle to get pressed, that is the most annoying pressure for a quarterback. It affects sight lines. You can't step into throws. You know, and DeForest Buckner is a giant. Like, he is truly a giant of a person. So his ability to get in the middle of your offensive line and push the pocket and get in your vision, that could be a real factor in the football game. I'll go with him. One guy that didn't make the cut for me but was close is Stephon Diggs, and he's banged up. He didn't practice yesterday. I know. But Stephon Diggs is a key piece of that puzzle for Buffalo. But the way Josh Allen's playing right now, although Stephon Diggs has helped Josh Allen get to the next level, He's at the next level. And I think that Josh Allen right now is so good and so confident he could overcome a diminished or unavailable Stephon Diggs, don't you? I do too. I do. I think he's playing well enough, knows the offense well enough, throwing the ball, seeing the field well enough that you're, you're. I think they could survive without him too. It won't be easy, but they could. All right. We'll be back to wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. As soon as we wrap this up, I go downstairs into the football laboratory to try to pick my winners for this weekend, Chris, because we are doing an hour from now the taping of the joint PFTPM Chris Sims Unbutton podcast. Last week, you were 15-1 and one straight up. I was 14-2. and two. Can we continue that this week? I think we can. It's all about picking that one game that you think could be the upset, and can you figure that out? Like, you know, there's some games on here. Hey, I know we're both going to pick Tampa Bay to be Washington. Like, we know that. All right, but... Who is that other game we're going to disagree on to get the edge? I don't know, but I hope you lose every one and I win them all. <laughs> the process begins now. We'll be uh, back at 5 p.m. Eastern on Peacock with our joint picks podcast. Have a great day. See ya.